everyone, and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast with myself, Jake Milham, and the guy on the other side of the horn, Jeremy Greco. Jeremy, I'm digging the Cowboy Bebop shirt that you got going on right now, man. I like that it. Is, that is not what's happening here. This is this is a Persona shirt. I'm very disappointed Gosh, in you. I thought, I thought the guy in the red square was the Cowboy Bebop main character for a second. No, that's, uh, that's the Persona 5 main character, oh. but I... I applaud your effort to be hip with the times of five to 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying as why am I making an old man voice? I think I'm like one of the youngest people at Royals review. That would make like, sense. Yes. Only the old people can remember when the team was good that, and that still want to be there. That is true. It, it is crazy to think that the first time the Royals went to the World Series was the year I graduated high school. Oh my! Like 2014. I, I can't even talk to you. You're you're too young. <laughs> well, listen. If if you want to uh, read or hear about Royals news from from some more seasoned fans, the folks that have seen the oh. dark ages of Heart. Royals baseball. <laughs> I said seasoned. I said seasoned, not crusty. No, anyway, what seasoned is code for salty. That's that's what it is. Yes, salty. exactly. <laughs> now we're on to something. If you want to hear that perspective, please go check out all the work on RoyalsReview.com. Jeremy, you've got some, uh, you've got a couple of articles up here on the front page while I'm seeing. Um, I do want to talk to you later on about your John Sherman article. I'm sure that ruffled some uh, some feathers. <laughs> but you can also find uh, Jeremy's opinions. You can find Royals Review's opinions on Twitter, on X, and on Facebook. Jeremy, it was official this week. The uh, the Bluebird app is no more. Long live the Black X. It's Until uh, my phone finally Elon updated. Until Elon Musk finishes running the company into the ground and somebody else goes, you know what? I bet that brand is still really valuable. Yeah, Let me pick is. this up at a discount and change the name back. Exactly. Exactly. But hey, let's go ahead and, and roll right into it, Jeremy, because we actually have some good news to talk about on this yeah. episode. It's uh, usually happen. They they do. Do you believe in miracles? No. Um, no, we, we don't. But if, uh, if there was a miracle to start the work week off, it was the Royals notching their first three-game winning streak of the season and their very first sweep of the season, knocking off the division-leading Minnesota Twins in three games, all in very exciting fashion. They all we, had – go ahead. Can we just highlight just how bad the division is that, that this version of the Twins is – is a, there's apparently a dogfight happening. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Sorry. This version of the Twins is, uh, is, is leading the division. I mean – this is, yeah. this is th these twins, you know, they got a couple good players, but they are not uh, what I would probably consider a complete team. And, no. and yeah, I mean, you don't get swept by the Royals if you're you're having a good time. Exactly. Like the, the two folks or the two teams, excuse me, vying for the AL Central title are the twins at 54 and 53 and the Guardians who are currently at 53 and 53. Like that's those are the two dogs in the fight in the AL Central. It's going to be embarrassing whichever team this division sends to the playoffs because I would imagine whichever team it is does get swept. I'm not I'm not looking at matchups or anything like that because the AL Central as a whole is is pretty terrible. I think but, I think at this point I'm just rooting for whichever team wins the division having a record under 500 and doing ooh. it. I want to see that happen for the first time in baseball. I think. I think we can do it. <laughs> I, uh, I I think it can happen. I don't know if it, I don't know how often it's happened before. I don't think it's ever happened before. Maybe really? like once when they did one of their weird half strike season things oh, or whatever. Yeah. Maybe so. I didn't <laughs> even think about that. But yeah, no. So it's, uh, it's kind of strange to think about the fact the Royals aren't going to see the Twins again this season. They aren't going to see Very. the Guardians again. Um, still Not really that I'm sad about that, but... Yeah, I'm I'm not either, but still it's like you could usually count on one of those teams being one of the last series in the season. Now this is new schedule. We don't have that. 
it feels like September for the past decade or, or however long they've had this unbalanced schedule has mm. just been AL Central team after <laughs> AL Central team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is kind of weird to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's not what's going to happen this year at all. No, it, it is not. So it's listen, the, the Royals do have the Mets coming to town this uh, this upcoming week. Um, unfortunately, we won't see Max Scherzer. There's a good chance we might not see Justin Verlander either. Two former Cy Young award winning pitchers. We'll see Nate Robertson. The, he was their, their reliever that they traded. Why are you looking at me like that? Did you say Dave or Nate? Nate. Nate Robinson's the Knicks player, my man. Did I? I feel like you've... Yeah, Nate Nathaniel Cornelius Robinson. Nate Robertson. Robertson. Oh, I thought you said Robinson. <laughs> no. We're this is this is good. Oh. This is, we're very professional. Every on top of everything, we we don't have to Google basic trivia questions. But it's not even Nate Robertson. There. Nate Robertson huh? didn't. Nate Robertson hasn't played since 2010. Well, then I still screwed Dave. that up. It's Dave. It's Dave Robertson. It's David Robertson. All right. Well, that explains that. I was like, man, I thought that guy was done pitching. <laughs> and he was, in fact, done pitching a while ago. <laughs> but what I really wanted to get to <laughs> was the fact that uh, that the Royals should be missing a few guys when they start yes. playing Tuesday, too. Yes, that they should. And I do. Before we get too deep into it, I got to I got to unpack this because I was very surprised to see Carlos Hernandez come out for the save to close out the series against the twins. Yeah. Only because he had pitched on Friday. He had pitched on Saturday. So three yeah, days in a row sure. pitching. I understand he's a former starter, but there's still that conditioning you got to think of. Well, and, but, and a starter you would think would be used to having more time, not less time. Okay. You know what? Outings. That's, that's true. That's true. I didn't even, I, I worded that incorrectly. <laughs> But it got me thinking, like, okay, are we on? Are we on hug watch with Scott Barlow in the middle of this game? Are the mm. are the Royals trying to save him and Taylor Clark? Because maybe it did make sense to me that Scott Barlow wouldn't pitch because he pitched two days in a row. Made sense yeah. to me that Taylor Clark. It was Taylor Clark, I think, was the other one who'd pitched two days in a row. I and think didn't so. Come out for the ninth. But yeah, so then Carlos Hernandez pitched two days in a row and comes out for the ninth. Right, of course. To my mind, Carlos Hernandez should be one of those guys who's gone. So yeah. my my greatest hope right now is that they were like, "Look, see, he can close too." Mm-hmm. That would that would be a great high note to send him out on, though, because mm-hmm. today he notched his first major league save, which good for him. I really would have thought that he would have had one by now, um, but I think I'm they overestimating. Haven't games, they haven't won enough games to bother letting anyone close besides yeah. Barlow. Yeah, that's true. Golly, that's uh, that's very you, sad. You have to win games in order to have other people close them. Right, right. That is an excellent point. So I think that there are, with how frustratingly bad this bullpen has been at times, I think you could still get a few buy-low trades done. Um, Scott Barlow is a, is a prime one. I know I saw something in The Athletic from Jim Bowden, I think is, or Bodine is how you say his last name. Um, talking about Barlow still getting some good interest around the league. Also, Brady Singer was his um, number 10 trade candidate around the league, period. So that was uh, very interesting to hear. Ryan Yarbrough absolutely should oh my be gosh. a trade candidate. Yes, he should. It's not, And not just because he pitched well today. This is his fourth straight good start. He's been very good since returning from his injury. He was actually pitching fairly well it was going kind of under the radar because he'd been so bad to start the year but he was Mm -hmm. pitching fairly well before he got hurt and since he came back he picked right up exactly where he left off and he is on an expiring contract he you you they'll argue oh we can't trade carlos hernandez he'll still be around next year can't trade brady singer can't even trade scott barlow but yarbrough's on an expiring contract get rid of him he has no value to the next year's team no, he really doesn't. I think that would be a good candidate to sell high on. 
because I know I wasn't expecting much from Ryan Yarbrough other than being a bulk guy, like the the yeah. opener role, however it is. But it's, Andy, been, it's been a bounce back season for him for sure. That it has. And Annie Rogers pointed out his ERA in July right now after this last start is 2.19. Yep. That is absolutely insane from him. 15 strikeouts and only two walks. Yep. And I'm I'm just glad the Royals got got him some run support to uh to yeah run support is that what we're calling that yeah two two runs hey listen as long as they're positive in the run differential that's run support to me my friend all right <laughs> uh, but yeah he had a he had a great great outing today and I wouldn't expect to see him uh, in a Royals uniform again can we can we talk about my my biggest concern right now what's that. My biggest concern right now is this quote from J.J. Piccolo. Oh, man. In the Star article. Yeah. Uh, from, uh, was it yesterday, two days ago? I want to say I want to say it was yesterday. Uh, I think it was. Let me, let me, I had it pulled up and then I closed it like an idiot. I was like, I don't need this. <laughs> so let me, let me read this quote for those of you who haven't read it. Uh, as soon as excellent, when you have guys on major league teams and you're trading them for three or four minor league prospects and years of control, that's really not the direction we want to go in. What I know, right? Like, that doesn't (laughs) you're getting offers of three or four guys for your major league players, the ones who just got their 32nd win, the ones who just got their first three game winning streak of the year, three or four and you're not that you're not excited about that. Yeah. I So and and like I get it if like all they're offering is filler guys, like yeah, they're offering us three or four guys but they're all filler. But he doesn't he's not talking about quality, he's talking about where they are in the system. Right. And, and, and if, if we're not trading for guys who are like that minor league guys, three or four minor league guys who have upside, who are ready in the minors or who have upside, they're not ready for the majors yet, but they are ready to, you know, progress in the minors and have some, some hope maybe that's, that's the deal you should be going for. They sat here and told us this team isn't good enough for us to spend any money on free agency. This is actually what they've been telling us for the past few years, but I just finally put it together today. So I'm really excited about it. Um, And I haven't heard anyone else talking about this either, which is kind of weird to me, but they've been telling us for the past couple of years, but especially this year, this team isn't good enough to spend any money on free agents. Jordan Lyles is the best we could give you because this team sucks. But then they also sit there and say, well, we got to get major league ready guys. When we, yeah. when we trade, when we trade our guys, we got to get guys who who can come in and help right away. Why? You weren't. They weren't. Free agents aren't good enough. If the free agents aren't good enough, why are those guys good enough? Cole Reagans. I, again, I'm excited about Cole Reagans. I think he's got a bright future. I can't wait to see him back with the major league club. But he's a guy that the 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 Rangers who are desperate for starting pitching, who just <laughs> traded for two starters and a reliever in the last 24 hours, said, nah, he's not good enough. He's not good enough to help our team right now. Yeah. That's the guy you got. Why is he going to help your team and the free agents aren't and, and guys who are lower in the minors aren't? I don't understand. I, I, when you put it together like that, I, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I, I will say from the Kansas City Star piece, which I do want to point out, it wasn't written by Jalen Thompson, the normal beat writer for the Royals. Um, Pete Gradoff put it together. I think that's how you say his last name. I'm I apologize if it's he may not, not be the the beat writer, but he's he's a, been a sports writer for the Star for years. Yes, that that he has. But I wanted to put it into into context for this. So, quote. Piccolo made it clear that the Royals are looking for players who can join the core they identify from this season's team. So go in. What go is the core? So, yeah, we, that's, I, that's I, very I, true. Set that aside for a moment. Say what you were going to say. But then I want to talk about who is the core of this team. Right. Because so looking when I imagine a core, it is it's a lineup of guys that you feel comfortable trotting out there or not, not even that probably like six guys, six bats that you can identify. Okay. We're ready to ride these guys for about three to four years. 
and at least three starting pitchers that you feel comfortable with. I and think some that, relievers, I assume. And, yeah, and like what one or two relievers. You, you got to think there's so much turnover in the bullpen. Sure, at times. sure, sure, sure. Um, but my point being is that put together still only accounts for about twelve people on a twenty-six mm-hmm. man roster. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? You still and can need the Royals that fill that core cast. right now? Do you think? No, I don't. Yeah, think so. so they can't fill their core, and also they're not <laughs> building around the their. What, what are we? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You, sh- no, you should no. speak, Jeremy. I I think you're on the cusp of uh, of something. So please keep on rolling because I think I know what you're going to say. I I lost it when I went and told oh, you to to talk because I was like it. I am I'm stealing all of your thunder right now. <laughs> no, you're not, man. So point being is ahead of this season, I would not have identified a player like Freddie Fermin as a part as a integral part of the major league roster but here we are in july and he's one of the best bats that this team has he is according to the metrics he's a better framing pit catcher excuse me than salvador perez so in that you know he has value on this team but you need some of those guys that kind of come out of nowhere to a make up for the core pieces that don't pan out or have a down season. And then, I mean, you just, you're only as good as your weakest link, right? Sure. Like we have, we have seen that with, let's say Edward Olivares out in the field. We've seen that the, the infield defense can be great, but if you, if he messes up on a routine fly ball on left field, that's a double right there, or that's scoring some runs. Yeah, exactly. So they're and I I don't know what's going on in the Royals front office. I I don't. I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm saying it literally. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who is doing what and to oh, what. Did I not extent. give you access to all of my spy cams? I should no, do that. Jeremy. Gosh dang it. I thought they were on Twitch, actually. I thought we could just like tune in. At well, time. Twitch was like, mm, this is kind of sketchy. Get this off of here. So now <laughs> I got them on a private server. Oh, private I'll give you the password server. after the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Or at least just drop me the Discord invite. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I am. I, I'm kind of right there with you. There needs to be. There, there needs to be some openness to not getting just like triple A or above guys. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's Cole Reagans was a, was a fringe 26 man roster sort of guy. And I love that they got him. And I love that they got the lottery ticket, Rony Cabrera with it, but you have to identify, okay, so these players are down in, you know, down in high A and they're a, they're outside the top 20 prospects. That's fine. Because we'll have them up in the majors in a couple of years, filling a bullpen role or sitting or sitting on the bench and being a utility guy. Think things like that. You you know what I mean? I'm kind of talking circles here, so I need you to stop me, Jeremy. Stop me. (laughs) The problem with the Royals that I see right now is that they've got they've got too many role players. Nicky Lopez is a major league baseball player. There is no doubt in my mind that Nicky Lopez is a major league baseball player. He is not a starter. He is not a core player. Right. You said that the core should have you should have six hitters that you think you could build your team around. Yeah. Right? About that? About that. The Royals have Bobby Witt Jr. and Vinny Pasquantino. And that's if you believe Bobby Witt Jr.'s hot last two months, which I think is a reasonable thing to believe. That's two months. And yeah. it's the kind of progress that he's made in the past. This is not like coming out of nowhere. And right. it's if you believe Vinny Pasquantino is going to stabilize his shoulder, which <laughs> Again, I hope for, but that's two guys. That's not six. So they don't need to build around their core. They need to build their core. Right. MJ Melendez, maybe he's a core player, but he doesn't look like it now. Salvador Perez is not going to be a core player for much longer if you really can still consider him a core player. Yeah. And when you look at the rotation, who are your core players there? Chris Bubich? That's it. <laughs> and that's only if you're me. Yes, exactly. That is Jeremy's core pitcher right there is Chris Bubich. I think anyone else with the with the brain disagrees Ooh. with you, Jeremy. I know. I'm sorry, man. I'm I, I'm, I'm kicking him down while he's down. Shouldn't be doing that. But no, you're you're Don't, absolutely you right. Throw me under the bus, driven by Nick Cage. 
<laughs> Stop, golly, man. Listen, you you could add the Cowboy Bebop thing to that now. I'm yeah. I'm thinking... Uh, I, the Nick Cage thing just makes me laugh every time I think about it, so I'm never going to drop that. <laughs> sorry, not no, sorry. No, you are, you are just fine. Um, next up, we have John Wick starring John Stamos as well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> The, that's oh, that's what I should have been doing this whole time was I should have been throwing other random actors in the Keanu roles. <laughs> and, you know, now I, it's funny because I love Keanu Reeves. I yeah. think he's a terrific human being from everything I've ever heard about mm-hmm. him. Um, His acting style is a little what I would call kind of blank slate. Um, He doesn't put a ton of personality into his roles, right? Okay. Which isn't it's not a bad thing. It gives it, there's some roles that call for just kind of this every man vibe of like, he could be anyone. Um, a great example is the matrix. The matrix in, works in part because man, that it's just Keanu Reeves, whoever that guy is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's just some office drone. Like you can believe it. Exactly. And so that works sometimes, but like, then it's like, well, okay, who was in this movie? It was Keanu Reeves. Well, I could have imagined anybody in that role. <laughs> So still, it makes sense that you might think, oh, well, it was a great action movie. It must have a big name, like somebody who's who's really good at like <laughs> acting and being out there and chewing up scenery. No, it was it was it was Keanu. It was Keanu Reeves. I think probably we can all agree though that he put his personality and his mark on Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, right? I haven't I gotta watch those movies. I haven't watched them. I'm sorry. No, I know you're fine. I'm failing. You're listen, I didn't see Wayne's World till I was an adult. Like, yeah, I, I didn't st- see that till I was an adult either. Yeah, <laughs> but I've been an adult for a while now. <laughs> so, okay, random, r- random story. So, coming into the military, I was a very sheltered kid. Oh and boy, I, yeah, like into in, the military. It, yeah, exactly, into the military. And so, I let's see, my very first deployment, I was like the guy with the with the movie stash. You know, I had thousands of movies from um very from very legal ways of you know just downloading Mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. yes and they gave me like a list of movies that i had to watch while i was on deployment and i had to have people verify that i had watched it who gave you the list of movies my um the people i was on deployment with oh okay okay i was like like the military was like you gotta watch jaws like (laughs) No, but it was I. I got put on to a lot of different movies that way, so I'm still uh, still catching up from that, my man. So, uh, so you're a lot like Captain America, then. I I wish, but all my uh, all my weights are on my hips. I got quite <laughs> quite a big gut there. I'm what's it? Uh, I'm more built like Fat Thor right now. Oh than, no, uh, than Captain America, my man. Oh man! Hey, Jeremy, let's go ahead and take a quick, uh, quick ad break before we get too far along. And we're back here on the Royals Rundown podcast. Jeremy Greco over there, Jacob Milham over here. So, Jeremy, we we kind of just got done with our tangent about the like, what is the core things like that. I'm, I am struggling to think of who would be like comfortably added to the core from this season from this season alone um i think you have to consider michael garcia there he has been a plus he is they've got candidates there's no doubt about that michael garcia um nick massey's looked a lot better nick prado has shown or is it nick massey no it's not michael massey and nick michael massey what the heck is wrong with me michael massey um nick prado i'm i'm it's it's the curse of making fun of you for keanu i can't name (laughs) anybody anymore uh yeah so so all they got guys that you're like hey maybe that guy's a part of the core right but like they ain't there yet no and to to act as if they are is is really uh what's the word uh pre something they're they're they shouldn't be it it, it sounds <laughs> it sounds short-sighted to me yeah. if you if i had to put a word to it because I'm trying to think you don't want your core guys to be guys that like, okay, well, if you squint and you turn your head a little bit to the left, then, then they're a part of the core. You want guys that like set themselves apart 
from the role players and bring something very special like, to the table. Look at the 2014-2015 Royals. Those guys, they had a core, right? Yeah, they had core. they had Alex Gordon, they had Eric Hosmer, they had Salvador Perez, they had um, you know, at times Billy Butler and Eric Hosmer depending on which part of which season you're looking at. Yeah. Um, and Mike Moustakis, by the time they got to the playoffs in 2014 and then through 2015, they had mm-hmm. a they had a legitimate and oh, and Lorenzo Kane. How did I forget Lorenzo Kane? <laughs> he was the first one that popped in my head, and then I guess I just thought I said him. They had guys that That's you could really count on, and that was why they could survive the Omar Infantes and the Alex Rioses because they had. And then they went out and you know got Ben Zobrist when when Gordon got hurt and and beefed up their core. Yeah. So th- those teams had a core, and sure didn't necessarily look like they had a core at times. Mike Moustakis and Eric Hosmer both struggled at times. Lorenzo Cain struggled with injuries. So uh, you can you can absolutely find guys who don't look like they're in the core immediately but turn out to be part of your core. Sure. Mm-hmm. But if you build around them before they're in the core, you've built a wall and they can't get into the core. That's my exactly. metaphor that I'm going with right now. Uh, and you don't want to keep them out of the core. You want to put them in the core. So yes. let the guys find their way and, and keep finding other guys to push them. Because does Mike Moustakis become part of the core if Danny Valencia doesn't take playing time from him? I don't know. Probably you don't know. Enough. Nobody knows. But I think there's an argument to be made that he, it could have happened. It could have been that way. That's that if true. Danny Valencia wasn't pushing him, Mike Moustakis might have just said, you know what? Screw it. I've got this starting job no matter how bad I play. I don't need to start learning to hit the other way. Exactly. And um, having quality competition and options in that competition will only make the people at the top better. I think think we can all agree on that in any aspect of life. Well, I don't know about any aspect of life, but definitely in baseball. Well, I'm I'm trying to think about what aspect of life it doesn't apply to. I don't want to have to compete for people to like – I don't know, sleep the best. Like, I just want to sleep, okay? Don't don't you see all those people on the sleep number, man? They they are sleeping the best, okay? Dak Prescott talking about his uh, his sleep number. <laughs> he sleeps the best, okay? Oh, that is- <laughs> okay. Well, I I I gotta tell you, I just got a CPAP machine for oh, my yeah? severe sleep apnea a month or so ago. And now I'm sleeping really good, so you better look out. <laughs> and I got numbers that they send to my phone to be like, you slept so good last night. It's all it's all about praise, man. They're they're just they're just leaking praise to us to keep us doing it and anything in life. <laughs> my wife says I need to get one of those sleep apnea machines, man. She's I, I, I we're completely out of we're not even left field anymore we're outside the stadium yeah um, walking to the but bars. this is this is important because i did not want to believe i had sleep apnea and i did not want to to think about getting a cpap machine and it took i've been i've had sleep apnea for years um but it got to the point where it was so bad that i had to deal with it yeah. um and so i finally did and i have been so happy with the results and and i don't know what people are hearing but i heard all kinds of horror stories about how cpap machines are so big and they're so loud and they're yeah. so funky and and they're so uncomfortable and i gotta tell you that may have been true once it is not true anymore my cpap machine is silent the mask is very comfortable and except when i don't tighten it right and it slides up into my mouth then it's a little That's, weird that makes sense um but it's it, if you were having sleep apnea issues and i'm talking to you jacob <laughs> as well as anybody else out there go get yourself checked you will feel so much better. I promise. You think that I'm kidding? I promise you will sleep better. You will, f- and you will feel better. That's the, I've heard that, and I I can concur that I need to get it done. Um, I've had my wife wake me up a couple times in the middle of the night, like, "Hey, you, you stop breathing." Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, well, thanks Apparently, for waking me up, hon." I did the sleep test, that home sleep test, and they discovered I was having an episode every 45 seconds. And an apnea episode is 10 seconds of not breathing. So every 45 seconds, I wasn't breathing for 10 of them. So I was I was doing great. Yeah, no wonder I was tired. <laughs> yeah, no, right? right? You were you were dying a little inside. <laughs> so there, you know, maybe the competition was good for me after all. I saw the sleep number commercials and I was like, oh, I want to sleep like those guys. Exactly. How do I sleep like those guys? You don't need a mattress. You just need something breathing for you. Oh my <laughs> lord. 
all right, all right. Let's let, let's get back into the stadium real fast here because so did you say on the last episode that like you weren't really looking forward to the trade deadline or you weren't looking into it that much? I I'm not excited about it. The Royals keep giving me messages that I don't like. Right. They keep saying, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, these guys, they're still around next year. We could always trade them next year. Yeah, but they'll be less valuable next year. Exactly. You could trade them now and get better returns. And they're like, oh, yeah, we don't really want minor league players for our, <laughs> for our trades. We want major league players. If you're getting major league players, they're guys that competitive teams think aren't good enough for their competitive team. Exactly. That's the problem. I.e. Cole Reagans. Yeah. For, and again, that's not a team that was like, well, we just got too many starters. So we got a trade from a position of 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 depth. No, they went out and got – they've already picked up two starters and a reliever. And Cole Reagans could have been a reliever if they – I think he was relieving for them he earlier was, this was. year. Um, so, you know, and they said, listen, nah, he's not good enough. We're going to go get uh, a Roldis Chapman from you, and then we're going to go pick up two more starters and another reliever, and they may not be done. There's still two more days. Who knows how many more players the, the Rangers will add? Yeah. Listen, freaking Date Moore gets a little, bit of, a little bit of money, a little bit of financial backing from the ownership, <laughs> and the guy just turns into a wheeling, dealing master at the trade deadline, apparently. Why couldn't we hire Chris Young to be our GM? That's a good question. He was so good at making things go high with the pop-ups. So, so bad. It was a great so joke. <laughs> Everyone out in, in podcast land is dying of laughter right now. They're falling <laughs> off the road. They're like, I'm laughing so hard. I can't be trusted to drive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chris Young was pretty good at that. I forget how tall he was, though. Like, imagine, yeah. uh, imagine going into a front office meeting and, like, it's just, um, oh, I forget what show it is. It's just like Chris Young's head is like cut off by the top of the screen. You know, uh, uh, the multiple shows have done that gag. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> just going and trying to talk about trades and you have an echo from Chris Young. <laughs> oh, man, but no, it's I, I completely understand not being excited about the trade deadline, especially because the, the Royals are clear sellers right now they're not going out for any of the big fish I, they just won three games in a row oh, stop it if stop they it. won every game for the rest of the year they would win 87 games that would probably win this what? division <laughs> it would they it would, would that would win this division they should be buyers i don't understand why justin verlander isn't already on his way to kansas city <laughs> well, well i guess he, actually he is he is, he is. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he just has to walk it's across. All a, it's all a ploy. The Mets aren't really going to play the Royals on Tuesday. They're just going to trade Justin Verlander. <laughs> exactly. That's that's why they haven't made any. Tr that's why the Royals haven't made any trades yet. They're waiting for the Mets to get into town so they don't have to pay for travel and things like that for the Mets players. Oh, uh, yeah. City. <laughs> those man, those plane tickets cost so dang much that that they do that don't they do them. from one major airport to another. Wow, we that's a that's a bank breaker right there, but. So getting getting back to the trade deadline, golly man, we are we are struggling today. It's it is hard to get excited about the return for any of the remaining trade pieces right now. I think that's why it's we're a little checked out right now because it's like okay, Nicky Lopez is getting interest from the Giants. Woohoo! Like we're we're probably going to get his utility man replacement in like two to three years, who's currently down in Double A. And then we'll get like another piece. You know, it's we're not getting any groundbreaking piece, return. You mean a piece of gum. Yes, like a, a piece of gum, a piece of leather, perhaps. Um, not even a piece of eight, unfortunately. No, not not a piece of eight. Ha ha. That that was a good one. See, I, I like that. That was that that was a good one, Jeremy. <laughs> <sighs> but no, it's 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 disappointing in a sense, I guess. Mm. It's. But on the flip side of that, like you probably have to be happy that the Royals aren't looking to deal like they're big players. Like they're not looking, they're not actively looking to trade Bobby Wood Jr. as far as I know. Okay, well, in fairness, trading Bobby Wood Jr. would seem kind of silly right now, despite what I said last week, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> right right now it would. I I do agree with that. But there's 
and we're, we're all talking about like the Salvador Perez trade chatter. One, there's so many hoops that that has to jump through. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think it's going to happen at all. But even then, like, I, I thought it was kind of fun to mock Salvador Perez to the Rangers because the Rangers aren't worried about money right now. Um, their all-star cat. I think he was an all-star this year. Jonah Heim um, is dealing with some sort of serious injury that could take him out for the rest of the year. And it's looking like they're going World Series or bust down in Arlington. So sure is. I think it'd be kind of cool for Salvador Perez to go down there. But even then, like that's when you're talking about getting the the onesie twosie pieces, you know, like the team's number 15 prospect and their number 29 prospect, something like that. I mean, but those would be the Royals number three and number four prospects. That that is fair. That is fair. They would immediately go above, you know, guys like uh like Kevin Cross. <laughs> oh, which is which is sad. Very, very sad. Speaking of which, if you uh if you do want to stay up to date on the Royals prospect system and just see who's excelling, who's falling behind, go check it out on RoyalsReview.com. Um, a lot of a lot of good updates over there. I think Preston Farr just had a interview with Javier Vaz is who it mm-hmm. is. Um, yep. He's been a kid that they drafted out of Vanderbilt in 2022. He's been electric down in the farm system. Um, highly suggest going and checking out that piece. But yeah, man, I I don't know what to think approaching this trade deadline if I'm. Let's see, it's 5.31 here right now. I think we have about 48 hours until the trade deadline is here. And to be fair, the Royals do have an off day. Maybe they uh, maybe they sleep in a little bit and they uh, just start wheeling and dealing, you know, to start maybe, off the morning. Maybe J.J. Piccolo needs a CPAP machine so that he can see the world more clearly. Maybe he does. Maybe he just needs some glasses like me. You know, I got a pretty thick prescription there. <laughs> oh man but no it's it, it's such a strange thing to uh to not have anything to gripe about on a on a podcast because i mean i mean winning streak. i i think there's the, the trade did, deadline situation is still plenty to gripe about right now so i'm i'll admit this i'm i'm waiting to react to it or to react to the lack that's, of i moves. mean that's fair i i'm kind of doing that too but also that quote from jj piccolo i i understand and i i really do because so let me let, let me react off the cuff a little bit here Ooh. so oh this, yeah, this is new territory everyone oh, yeah I'm ready the fans don't realize the amount of prospects that could be lost in the upcoming rule five draft that's that's coming up in december and it's guys like Logan Porter, like Nick Lofton. There's a lot of prospects that we've been watching, especially in AAA Omaha, that are about to be Rule 5 draft eligible that most teams would have already found a spot for on their on their 40-man roster. And here are the Royals, and we got, got guys like Colin Snyder and Brad Keller still taking up 40-man roster spots. Yes, I... Listen, if I kick Chris Bubich while he's down, I I stomp on Brad Keller while he's down. Uh, can, can we... I just have to... He did he did his whole 30-day rehab oh stint. Oh, my gosh. He looked awful. Yes. He looked like he had the yips. <laughs> yep. And... And then the Royals are like, uh, yeah, 30 days is up. He can't pitch anymore. Uh, uh, we got to do something. Uh, he's still hurt, guys. Uh, he's definitely, he's definitely hurt. Never mind that he's been pitching for 30 days. He's hurt. I'm, I got so used to the move of like, okay, this guy has returned from his rehab assignment. He has been reinstated. And like, these are all the moves. Yeah. I've never seen a team just go. He has returned from his rehab assignment. That's it. Like he's, he's shut back down. It's over. I was expecting to wake up on Monday morning and them just like DFA him. I thought that was, was what I was looking for. But here we are. He's still still on the IL. back in the rotation because whatever. Oh my word! We already paid him. I I really hope that's not the case. I think he is one of like the highest paid outside of. Granky and Lyles. I think he's one of the highest paid 
pitchers. At this staff. point, I, with the Jordan Lyles signing, the Royals made it kind of clear that they value innings <laughs> over like quality. Just get get us innings. We don't care how good they are, right? Yeah. Brad Keller on the roster is like negative innings. Exactly. <laughs> he just holds <laughs> a roster a spot without pitching innings, so they can't. Even the Royals can't can't stick him up back on the major league team right now. Right, and that's that's pretty sad. It really is. But back back to the whole prospects thing. There's, you're, whenever you add someone to the forty man roster, you're not always looking for them to join the major league team immediately. Sure, like it's a guy that in the next year or you know in later on this season we could see them joining the like, squad, like that outfielder uh, Diego Hernandez. Yeah. I think. Yep. Diego yeah, Hernandez. I mean, he's not. He was not ever ready for the major league team when they put him on the forty man roster. But they wanted him there for other reasons. Exactly. They, you can call it a little bit of depth, but mainly they were protecting him from that Rule Five draft. Yep. And the Royal, I'm, I'm calling it out. If the Royals lose out on a whole lot of prospects in the Rule Five draft, that is going to come back and look so poorly on this front office and the player development because, because so many things look so good for this front office. I, you know me, I, I have been, I feel like I've been very patient. I feel like you have, I, have, I you have been, that is an honest assessment. Good job. <laughs> I've been pretty patient and I've been giving people the benefit of the doubt. But if let's say a guy like Logan Porter, I'll throw him back out there. If he goes to another team and carves out a very nice, like backup first baseman role for him. And the Royals, who need that right now, Nick Prado is on the IL and we're trotting out Matt Duffy and Nicky Lopez to cover first base, which I'm I'm frustrated that both those guys are still on the team, but that's just me. Mm. It is... You got to have one of them. You got to have a utility infielder, but both of them is a lot. It is. It is. I'm, I'm trying to think of the other... Yeah, I guess they're... I keep on thinking that Brisbane... <laughs> I keep forgetting that Hunter Dozier isn't on the team anymore. I keep thinking that oh, he's that's just the on trauma, the baby. Yeah, that's that's the trauma. I I always think that 2019 Hunter Dozier is just waiting in the wings on the on Macchero's bench. No, I'm kidding. You want you want a random Hunter Dozier story to just derail yeah. things further? Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm playing MLB the show, right? Playing a lot of mm-hmm. it, really. And they got this system where uh, you you could play these different modes and you could earn these different cards and then you can play with those versions of those players. So oh, like yeah. there's like five Ronald Acunas, right? There's like the Ronald Acuna that's supposed to represent the current Ronald Acuna. And then there's one that's like from the home run derby from last year or something. And then there's one from this year's all-star game and they have boosted stats because they're special. Yeah. They've got a Hunter Dozier card. <laughs> Oh, no. 29, they're like, it's 2019 Dozier. He's good. And like, <laughs> he was one of the first Royals I picked up while I'm playing the game. Oh, and I'm gosh. like, I don't want to play with Hunter Dozier, but he's actually probably my best third baseman and he's a Royal. <laughs> so I plugged him in the lineup and he hit like three home runs immediately. It was nonsense. Of course. Of course. Hey, so I, before we get out of here, I do want to ask your opinion on this. So, Salvador Perez at first base. How much? Uh, how much stock are we putting into that? I mean, that's the move that makes the most sense to me right now with it Nick Prado out. It makes a heck of a lot more sense than Nicky Lopez or Matt Duffy over there, and it doubles in giving you Freddie Fermin at catcher. And then even better is if oh, Freddie for we got a pinch run for Freddie Fermin. We got a pinch hit for Freddie Fermin. Whatever. You can then slide Salvador Salvador down. Perez can slide back into catcher. And That's unlike true. when you play him at DH, which is the way they usually do these kinds of things, mm-hmm. uh, you don't lose the DH slot because he's already on the field. So you slide him back into catcher and you put whoever over at first base, Matt Duffy, Nicky Lopez, probably, and you're yeah. good to go. I don't know why they only did that once this weekend. I know, right? I mean, it was, it, it's the obvious kind of choice right now, especially because they're like, well, you know, Salvi's not getting any younger. Probably needs to play more first base to, to extend his career. Well, okay. You got a gifted opportunity right now. Why are you not taking it? Exactly. And Is, I will. 
Go ahead. I, it, I have to wonder if he's hurt because he's been hurt in a variety of ways this year. And so that, that he, he played and he played first base yesterday and then he DH today. So that's two straight days. He wasn't a catcher and he's off tomorrow. Right. Two yes, straight dang. days. When was the last time Salvador Perez had three straight days off a catcher? I think Probably it was when he had the the, the, the the surgery, the Tommy John. Yes, I'm, I'm very sorry about that sound. My uh, my cat stopped on my dog on accident. <laughs> That was a uh, not not a great sound in the in the right side of my head, um, but whenever I think about Salvi going to first base, I think of the the Twins guy. What's his name? Jo- Joe, Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer, because Joe Mauer was such a I don't want to call him a prodigy, but he was like such a great catcher, and but yep. he's more so a great bat. Yep, and. This was back when, you know, full on collisions were still allowed. They were still feeling out the new rules about what catchers and runners could do at home plate. And the move was, okay, Joe Maurer has had a lifetime's worth of concussions in the past two seasons. Yeah. Which was bad. And we know how bad concussions can be. It was scary. That it was. And so the twins said, okay, we want to keep this guy around for his, and for his personal safety and to extend his playing career, we are going to move him to first base. Mm-hmm. And I think he served four or five more seasons as the twins primary first baseman. Um, I want to say it was, it was at least four, but just thinking about how much that extended Maurer's career while also giving value back to the the twins at the time it just it makes a lot of sense to move salvi i don't think he's quite there at the full time yet but you know maybe maybe give me like a what's like a 70 30 split the the rest of the way just give me more of salvador perez at first base i think i think that's all i want to see because folks were complaining about oh his numbers at first base are bad oh this uh he's his fielding percentage is really bad. Things like that. He only has, this was his fifth start there. And his fielding percentage was bad because he had an error back in 2013. Every every other time his fielding percentage is a hundred percent. He's above, he's above defensive average. And now all that is a super small sample size. Um, I'm looking at baseball reference. He's got a, he's got 62 and a third innings. At oh, first base in nothing. his career. Yeah, it's it's not a whole lot. But you're telling me that just off of 11 innings this year, he is tied for the Royals' lead in defensive runs saved at first base? Oh, wow. He is, and can you guess who he's tied with? Bobby Witt? Nicky Lopez at first Nikki, base. Oh, of course, Nicky Lopez. Yes. And there's not who, – who is going to be the Royals, you know – everyday first baseman in like two years it's gonna be Vinny Pasquantino as long as they don't I was gonna him. say yeah but outside of that there's not a whole lot of organizational depth at first base it feels like well I, I, I we're seeing that as Vinny and Nick are both out yeah and, and they have they're like well oh Nicky Lopez got a hodgepodge <laughs> over there Next and it's not be- even a good hodgepodge like right it's not like, oh, uh, you know, Mike Moustakis, go play first base for a minute or something. <laughs> it's Nicky Lopez. Well, okay, and I, I do want to say this. So usually the next option up at first base is a below average armed third baseman, right? Mm-hmm. No, the Royals don't even have that in the system because we had to put a converted shortstop at third base. So, no, we're not going to put Michael Garcia over there. At oh, first no. Base. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So there is, and you know what? This goes full circle back to back to your point, Jeremy. There are so many holes, even in the minor leagues, that mm-hmm. sometimes you just got to take those multiple players to uh, just to hope that one of them works hey, out. I know that neither of us are like minor league gurus. Yeah. But normally I could name like the top guy at a position in the minor leagues. I'm normally good for that, at least. I cannot tell you who plays first base in the minor leagues right now at any level. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that. 
I'm yeah, I'm really drawing a blank here. I'm I'm pulling up their uh the Fangraphs has this amazing roster resource. And it's uh it really does help. I can, I can tell move. you John Rave, I can tell you uh uh Brewer, Brewer Hicklin, I yeah. can I can tell you Nick Lofton. I could tell you all kinds of guys. I could tell you Gavin Cross. I could tell you Tyler Gentry, Javier Vaz. I'm just going to keep naming names until you get <laughs> where you're trying to go. So, like, guys down in AAA, Logan Porter, we already talked about him enough. CJ Alexander, who the Royals got in the uh, in the Drew Waters trade last year, he is playing first base a little bit for the Storm Chasers. Aren't those guys both outfielders, though, primarily? They're, no, so... Um, CJ Alexander is primarily a third baseman. Okay. Um, I, I don't know how good his arm is or how good he is defensively at first base either. Um, Logan Porter's weird because he was, he came in to the system as a catcher. He was primarily a catcher until he got to like double a, and they started transitioning him away from catcher. But th- that's what I'm talking about. Porter is like perfectly set up to join this team right now and be You're, a, been a big Porter Porter supporter am, for a while. Hey, there you go. Porter supporter. Number one, right here, baby, Jake Milham. Um, <laughs> it's the, the bat plays. And that's not something that we have seen every day in the, in the Royals lineup. Um, for years, we've seen these defensive first players get, uh, get playing time. You know what I mean? And Even, that's uh, not a position that you're supposed to pri- uh, prioritize defense at. Right, exactly. And it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And Logan Porter doesn't play a terrible first base. He's not a savant. You know, he's not going to be a defensive prodigy at it. But he, he can hold it down. Um, Let's see. Let's go down to your favorite, double A here. <laughs> so... And yeah, it's a it's a whole bunch of these guys that like first base is one of the positions they played. Right. Um, Dylan Which tells Shrew. you it tells me anyway, they don't have first baseman at these levels. They have guys who are playing first base because, well, they got to get them at bats and we don't have a first baseman. Exactly. Um, let's see here. Dylan Shroom, who was an undrafted free agent Shroom. in 2021. Yeah. Nice. Let's see here. Jake Means, who is a 22nd rounder in 2019. Like th- those are the guys that they're listing for first that, base. Down around in that doesn't exist anymore. I, exactly. <laughs> Let's see here. Let's see here. What are, what are some other ones? Haxton Wallace. I forgot about him in quad cities. Oh, I never knew about him. Forget him. I just recognize the name. Brett Squires, who is down in Columbia. He's got a lot. There's, there's a player name. Squires. Squires for Brett. I know, right? <laughs> but see, I'm so, and granted, this is fan graphs. I'm not going in in depth and looking at who started what games, but those are the only players in the entire system that they have first base listed as an option for that player. There's yeah. not a whole lot of pure first baseman. And I understand that you can transition a lot of different folks to first base. Including Nicky Lopez. Yeah, exactly. But there's usually a set of skills that you want from that position. You know what I mean? Yep. All right, Jeremy, I need to get off this tangent, man. I've been, why, why did you let me go this long? I thought it was funny. Oh yeah. Well, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to endorse the product that made this all happen. (laughs) Ghost energy drink. Oh boy. Yeah. It's their cherry limeade flavor. I actually really do like it. You're just oh. lucky that I haven't ranted about Secret Invasion. You know what? I'm very fortunate that I resisted I was, that urge. I was driving today, and one, I was, I was like, okay, I need to ask Jeremy about Secret Invasion, but then I also don't want to because it is it worth me rewatching? No, no, okay. It All is right. the worst thing. The MCU has done not just the worst series; it is worse than any of the movies, and I'm including Thor two in that list. Golly. I'm including Quantum Mania in that list. Oh. It is bad. 
I've only watched one other piece of media in my entire life that was so bad it made me angry. Waterworld. Like I've like it's so bad my time has been wasted and I want a refund. What was that uh, one other piece? Time Bandits, a 1981 movie about time traveling dwarves. Stop it. It is bad. There's it no is way. so bad. Don't watch it. And don't watch Secret Invasion. <laughs> hey, what was that uh what was that show where the robots would sit down and rewatch bad movies? You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Thank you. Didn't they try to bring that back on Netflix? Um, they've got kind of a thing that they do. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on what Rift Tracks. The guys Ooh. who did MST3K have a thing that they do called Rift Tracks where they sell the uh they sell the um the commentary track separate from the movie because it's a lot easier you don't have to get the rights for the movie that way right um and so what you do is you buy their riff tracks and then you set it up with the movie and you get the same experience you just paid for them separately oh they got they've they've got a lot of really good stuff going Um, some of my friends are just obsessed with them i went and saw um another thing they like to do is like live theater like you go to the movie theater and they'll do a live riff tracks for you oh that's cool um, where they'll be in one movie theater but then they'll broadcast it to other movie theaters and so yeah. i went to see them do um anaconda at halloween a few years ago okay and it was it was a great time hell yeah i i used to love getting <laughs> this is a pure 20s act here loved getting drunk and just sitting down and watching mystery science theater sure with uh with friends it was it's a great, great way to, to live your life honestly that it was my liver was crying but i was crying from laughter <laughs> <laughs> i i think we've given enough reviews on this podcast to uh oh, probably just, just this last one we've uh we've reviewed the front office we've reviewed energy drinks <laughs> we have reviewed um the the trade deadline we have reviewed my inability reviewed the trade deadline. Yes. Pre-review. We, I think that's called a preview, my friend. Well, no, cause we didn't, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't say this is what they're going to do. We said it's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what they do No, it'll, uh, I'm as of this recording, I'm still hoping that it is going to turn out that my mood about this can change in 24 hours or it can change here in two hours when they can make I be real honest with you right now. Yeah, you can in my heart. I want to believe, want to believe that they'll do the right thing. That they'll trade for the three or four minor league guys and get Scott Barlow somewhere where his talents could be appreciated. Or, you know, if they send him to New York, he could be booed forever. Poor guy. <laughs> um, that's what I want to believe will happen. I just, I've been hurt so many times, Jacob. Been hurt so many times. Yeah, they've uh, they've been hurting us a lot. It's the it's the movie quote. Just when I thought I was out, they they keep pulling me back in. They they went on a three game winning streak and they pull me back in. My when I think of the Royals and I think of movie quotes i actually think of a tv quote and i'm drawing a blank on the name of the show and i can't directly quote it but i can i can summarize i can paraphrase for you and it's this guy who's talking to this this gal and he's like this is the problem people always think that they're going to be different and they can accomplish the thing that no one else could do and it's you know they always think it but they're always wrong they're like but what but what about us oh i think we could be different <laughs> Oh, yep. That uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> Those of you who spend ah. enough time on the internet will know exactly what I'm referencing. The rest of you are going to just be sitting there going, what on earth is wrong with him? And I don't have an answer for you either way. <laughs> well, sleep apnea for one. Yes. Uh, that That is the top thing that you've addressed <laughs> today. <laughs> All right. Everyone, everyone out there who's who's still listening, thanks for I, I put up in the Q and A's a couple of episodes back, like, hey, are are y'all cool with us just rambling on? And there was only one response, and it said, just as some just as someone said, ramble on. So I was like, okay, well that's our green light to just talk about whatever we freaking want. Oh, because uh, sometimes it's pretty sad to talk about the Royals. But hey, if you always want to stay up to date on things Kansas City Royals, please go check out the work at royalsreview.com. 
You can find work from Jeremy Greco, Max Reaper, Matt Lamar, Preston Farr, and much, much more over there. Um, special thanks again to Brian Henry for joining us for a bonus episode last week where we talked about the WPA over LI, which I tried to explain. You can find his articles on Royals Review under Royal Treatment. But I'm Jacob Milham. That's Jeremy Greco. Jeremy, do you have any um, rude noises before we get out of here? <clears throat> Thank you very much, Chewy. And we are going to get on out of here. For everyone out there listening, thank you so much for your support. And until next time, go Royals.